Homeland Field Division Podcast. Hello, hello, hello once again. Welcome to Homeland Field Division Podcast, dedicated to Showtime's Homeland. This week we're talking Season 4, Episode 3, entitled Shawar Kamis, and the episode written by Alexander Carey, and directed, uh, this is the second episode for Leslie Linka Gladder this season already, who directed the premiere and this episode, my name is Matt Murdick. I am from homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com. I know that's a lot to type out, but that is where you can find all of the social media links, how to contact the podcast, and podcatcher links to our brand new feed, which you found here on iTunes. Please leave me a review so that I get uh, more noticeable among all of the other great Homeland podcasts that are out here for you to consume as well. Once again, these podcasts will be short. I'm not doing extensive looks. They're just kind of initial reactions right after I watch the episode. Just a few thoughts. And my first thought is, last week we saw how messed up Gary is. This week we saw how messed up Quinn is. So let's talk about Quinn principally first, and then we'll get into Carrie and Saul. And this dude is seriously fucked up. I mean, he's he's got a lot going on in his head, obviously. Starting with that, I don't even know if it, is that some kind of exit interview? Is it some kind of psyche eval that he has to go through before he can get out of the CIA? It's determined that, you know, once again, Quinn wants out. Seems like he always wants out when uh, death... Uh, related to him happens, right? We saw it with the boy, and that's even brought up in, in the conversation. And then, of course, with Sandy, um, I think from his own mindset, he, he seriously has just washed his hands of it all. But I find it really interesting that they bring up the fact that he chose Carrie over Sandy, which, you know, he did. And he's the first person, I think, to to kind of, fight against that um, but I wonder you know as he's watching through all those hours and hours of re-watching that video or whatever and the way he recalls the circumstances if that is what happened now that he looks back on it if that's the reality he sees as far as the question during that interview coming up about does he have feelings for Carrie not even so much that actually it's asked if they had any kind of relations um or some kind of relationship, I guess. I don't know. But it just seems like uh, that seems a little too hitting it right on the head. Um, and I'm pretty sure that since Dar comes and visits him later, that Dar put that that question into that, uh, that evaluator's head. Is she a, a psychoanalyst or just a, a higher up? I didn't quite get the who she is, but nonetheless, uh, she was pushing all of Quinn's buttons, obviously, to the point where he walks out, starts throwing his phone in the pool, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, stuff that is reckless. Yet, here at the end of the episode, 
he hasn't resolved any of these issues. I mean, if the issue is Carrie, that's so much more dangerous all in itself, right? He's if he was if he did sacrifice Sandy to save Carrie, then who will he sacrifice next time if it is about his feelings towards her? And with Dara Dahl confronting him about it directly and his reaction to that, that was a pretty reckless reaction too. But the one thing I didn't understand about the end of that whole thing was Dara says, I realize there's still some of you in there. Was that because of Quinn's response? Or was that because of Quinn being able to finally pull back? I... I I honestly didn't know which way to interpret that. Help me out. Homeland Field Division podcast at gmail.com. Because I'm an idiot and I'm Captain Obvious. And that honestly struck me as, as a little bit odd, one way or the other, that a kind of comment would come out of Dara Dahl about the whole incident. You know, and I, I like I said, did he say that, that Quinn was finding his reasoning because the fact that he let Dar go or because of his reaction what do you think and you gotta hand it to apartment manager girl um, quasi hang out with Quinn gal she made a lot of sense to be perfectly honest for somebody who's in completely in the dark I think she had Quinn nailed pretty well and she was genuinely nice. Got him food. Was cleaning up for him. Doing things that she didn't have to do. And I don't know if that speaks something to her own self-image. Just just to say that if I was her and he'd said stuff like that, I would have genuinely not been quite so helpful. But I'm a bitter, vindictive person. So... That's why she's a better person than I am. And what kind of really upsets me a little bit about what's going on with Quinn right now is the fact that he is so obsessed with what happened. You know, and trying to figure out, I guess, he's trying to figure out in his own head whether it really did, whether he really did choose Carrie or not. But in the course of that, it becomes a, a fortunate circumstance in a way of information, right? This... The fact that this whole attack was coordinated, which again, last week we were asking, how did his picture get on television so quickly and everything? Obviously, whoever this informant was of Sandy, or at least this is my theory, whoever this informant was of Sandy, flipped on him, turned him in, turned him over, um, and all of that was planned uh, probably fairly quickly, but... Obviously, it took enough time for for it to be coordinated to that extreme, where a guy with a comm on is is directing people to to go somewhere. Which means there was someone in the crowd there who knew what the car was supposed to be, and then got the rest of the crowd to to get with him and 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 attack this guy. But Carrie, of course, asks the big reason, which we'll get to in a little bit. But the big reason is why, why. What What is the end result of, of that? But I do find it kind of weird that all of this kind of self-wallowing of Quinn is 
ends up being something that is fortuitous for the CIA, the very group that he's trying to get away with, uh, away from. And it, that's part of what helps draw him back in that. And evidently Carrie is what helps draw him back in at the end of the episode. And now as I think about all of this video stuff, I guess the question isn't just why, it's how and who, as naturally uh, it always seems to be with these kind of shows, right? Captain Obvious again. Uh, the thing is, is as I'm thinking about this, with, with the car, who would have known what car it was? We saw at the beginning, well, we saw actually throughout this whole episode this week, that the the... Pakistani, I don't know if it's Pakistani intelligence or if it's some kind of terrorist group or whatever, but they're obviously extremely organized to the point that they can follow Carrie around uh, to a certain extent. So maybe they just they just happen to know the car. Somebody still had to tip them off to where they could organize something like that, though, because as Quinn points out this week, it was organized, right? So if somebody had had to have advanced planning. You can't just, you know, grab 20 guys and say, hey, let's go beat somebody up. Even if there is somebody totally just completely in league with whoever has this calm guy, just a, a singular guy, um, it still has to be planned. And so there's that oddity in it, which means if it's planned, well, the guy that was supposed to be giving Sandy information could have flipped on him and told these people, maybe giving them enough time to coordinate. But it still seems kind of happenstance since they were moving away. It's all very strange. And I don't really want to go with the whole, is there inside information leaking out again? Do we have to go through that again with this show? Uh, I'm sick of moles. Almost every season of 24, there was a mole. There was a, a turncoat. On the inside, and just once, I'd like to see it not be that. Just just once on this show. Because it seems like that question comes up every season too, and I'm kind of tired of it. So, for now, just out of a little bit of belligerence towards the notion of another mole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Pakistani intelligence was just sharp, and that the, the informant, gave everybody enough of a heads up because the informant was going to flip anyway for whatever reason. Remember, they got to the kid, whoever this is, got to the kid and made him very scared. Maybe they did the same for the informant, right? <sighs> but the bottom line is that, at least as far as Quinn is concerned, Carrie asks him back, begs him, tells him how much she loves him, you know, and clearly for for Carrie, it's it's just a complimentary, plutonic, totally not romantic kind of thing. But it's just gonna mess with Quinn's head so much more. <sighs> uh, I just see bad things ahead for uh, Quinn's involvement in this operation with Carrie. And uh, I guess that makes for a good enough transition to talk about everything that happens with Carrie this episode. One thing you have to give to Carrie is that she definitely has um, courage. And 
it doesn't, at least in terms of in the field, it doesn't seem to be a naive kind of courage. She's very well practiced. We see her talking to her escorts as she's riding around at the very beginning. And, and then, of course, later when they're in lockdown, she's still uh, in order to get to Farah and, and her secondary operation, which we'll talk about in a second. She doesn't have any problem with, you know, giving everybody the slip. She's very good in the field. She really is. She's also really, really courageous when it comes to taking charge in her own office. And, you know, you can understand why that guy was upset. With Carrie. Naturally he. In my opinion. He did act unprofessionally. As far as Carrie was concerned. In the first meeting. But you can see that. The thing that I didn't get as much. Was the ambassador. I don't understand what the tension is there. Other than the fact that she really relied on Sandy. I guess. And the fact that Carrie was involved with with what happened with Sandy probably makes it a bit awkward for her. And the fact that she thought that one of her guys that she knew already was going to be the CIA person. And then she's told that that's not going to happen the same way that that very guy is. So there's kind of a lot of distrust right up from the top. And I'm not sure that much of it really gets all that well resolved as they go along. I mean, Carrie and the ambassador have that little talk later on of the evening smoking a cigarette outside with the greatest view in Islamabad. Yeah. Uh, Nice joke there. But I, I don't even think Saul has resolved all of the tension there. I think we're going to continue to see tension there. As we go along, different issues, the way Carrie thinks out of the box a lot of times and the way she practices and that kind of thing, I think is going to rub this ambassador the wrong way more than a few times. The little tidbit there about this ambassador and and Saul being engaged for a hot minute, a hundred years ago, as Saul puts it, uh, that was kind of fun, but. I don't know how consequential that'll be other than the fact that he was able to help smooth things over this time. And Carrie doesn't want Saul there. And I think she presents some pretty good reasonings for that. It it does kind of undermine her authority in a way, looking like she's reaching out to the former director of the CIA for help. But as Saul puts it out, Carrie's already got things going. She's got this second operation going with Farah about the boy, and that ultimately fails, which, you know, Farah needs to get out of her daddy's butt, right? We saw that last year, and I thought that she'd stood up to him properly. Evidently, that's not enough, because as soon as he calls, she comes running. And she wasn't very effective with the role that she was given, I love that Carrie trusts Farah. I feel like Carrie is entrusting Farah with too much. Farah came in more or less as a kind of accountant slash IT person for the CIA, like what, a year ago. And then she did the, the safe house thing. Wow. 
in it? What kind of experience does she have in getting a field asset and being able to secure an asset? And so Carrie has to, once again, quite bravely, go in on her own and try and secure this asset, this this young man, who we still have a lot of questions about. She has to secure him uh, to be able to talk and hopefully he he'll come around um she did all of the things that she told Farah to do except when Farah did it it came across as clumsy or overdone and when Carrie did it it came across as subtle a little bit sexy all the things that if you're if you're handling assets in the field you want to be able to do but that that was what Carrie has done for years. So why trust it with someone? Why trust something so delicate with someone so probably inexperienced? We haven't. This is the first time we've seen her since last year. We don't know that she's had any real kind of schooling. Uh, I suppose she has had some kind of, of training for this, but she seems pretty darn green. And you know her dad's calling. So there's that. I'm giving her a hard time. I really don't mean to give Farrah a hard time. Uh, but the daddy's Cullen joke is just a little bit too fun to pass up. Let me get back to Carrie. Carrie's conversations with Saul are interesting enough. It almost kind of felt like he was just there so that he could appear in the episode. I'm not exactly sure. But the whole lockdown thing wasn't written just to get Saul in the episode. Which seems kind of funky i don't know how realistic that is i don't care and i love saul and i i love the fact that he has a relationship with this ambassador maybe that will help to smooth things out at another point as well but will carrie ever really stand on her own independently like that with with saul kind of over her shoulder and she wants him to go home right she's asking him to go home from the very beginning almost nonetheless I felt a little better while Saul was there than I than I will later on because let's look at what Carrie has exactly learned since she's come back in terms of just herself. She's continuing to barrel ahead and do things her own way and take risks her own way, which as in the position that she's in, I'm not sure that she should because we saw what happened to Sandy when he did that. Um, She's asking questions among people who had a lot of loyalty with Sandy. Some really hard questions, which she should. Don't get me wrong. But to just go in there and, and start asking people to, to to sling mud, so to speak, is not the best way to win the the respect or or even the discipline, possibly, of your coworkers. So I suspect there's going to be some pr- trouble there. And let's not forget, there's no mention of the baby at all. None. Zero. Nothing from her. Right? It's... ah, She's just put it all behind her like it never existed. And I don't know if that's part of her condition. Is she working on her condition? Is she taking medication? We brought these questions up last week. Is is she still on this kind of self-medicating routine, which I guess works? Seems like it's been working for her, but nonetheless, there's just so many things that she left behind. And then 
to cap it all off, and we'll go back to the whole Quinn thing. Quinn says, it's not all about you. Yet, what does she do when she talks to Quinn? And he gives her valuable information. Rather than thinking about how to act on it, she thinks that she needs Quinn there to act on it. It's good that she trusts him. I don't know that anybody in the CIA, I don't know why anybody in the CIA would let him go over there given what his reaction to, to Dara Dahl's statement, his reaction to even that original interview. I mean, how futile is it? I mean, obviously, Carrie's not aware of this, but she says those little words that hook Quinn, and she doesn't know what she's doing by that, obviously, but she's creating a very dangerous situation for herself, even unknowingly. She's left the whole idea, like I said before, about the whole baby behind. It's like, oh, uh, that baby was a, a, a different lifetime. I'm on a different lifetime now. Uh, I'm a little I'm just frustrated with Carrie. I'm always frustrated with Carrie to a degree. I root for her. I root for her incredibly. I want her to win. I want her to be justified. But the way that she gets there is sometimes so crazy that it just revolts me. <sighs> Whew. Okay. Uh, no more bad-mouthing Carrie. No more bad-mouthing Saul or Farrah or Quinn. This is, just felt like the episode to bad-mouth everybody. Because you're seeing a side of them that fanboys like me don't want to see. I, I understand it's probably more realistic than what I would want to see, but I'm a fanboy. I don't want to see that. I, I want to see him secure that asset and and start to get some information. I want to know about the case. I want to know what Sandy was trading, who he was trading with, what happened that got him killed. That's what I want to know. And I, I feel like, obviously, it's all connected. Once again, Captain Obvious. But I don't see any clear through point yet. Do any of you? Let me know. Again, homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com. You can find all the links for email, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You can message me, let me know what you're thinking, call me an idiot, tell me to shut up, tell me you like what I'm saying. I take it all. I take it all with in good stride, and I just keep on plugging away. So, thanks again for your time. This is Matt Murdick, homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com. See you later. homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com